hoax, myth, or legend, we're searching for the truth. This is the Bigfoot King of the Forest Podcast. Coming to you from Rougarou Studios in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it's the Bigfoot King of the Forest podcast, Baby Squatch Minisode number two. I'm your host, Jeff Loquist. Normally, I am joined by my lovely wife, Sarah, but she is not here today. She is off studying for her architectural license. She's been hard at that for a few years now, and... She's getting really close, and we're really excited about it, so I know she may listen to this, and if she does, then you know I love you, babe. So, man, I am so glad to be in Ruru Studios. This is so interesting. I got the soundproofing for the walls. It's not up yet, so you may hear a little bit of an echo still, but that's going to be hopefully taken care of soon. And we're starting to get some stuff moved in. Once we're done, we'll take a some pictures of the place, and you'll be able to see it. If you paid attention to our Instagram feed this weekend, you saw that Sarah and I have attended the Mid-City Graw Mardi Gras Ball. It was the inaugural one down here in Baton Rouge, and it was a really good time. We were joined by Andrea, Jeremy, Keegan, Chris, and good friends Alex and her boyfriend Mario, and... I posted a picture of me and Sarah and some video of the place. Man, I actually like that one quite a bit. I've been to a couple balls down here, and they're normally pretty stuffy and boring. Like, everybody talks about, oh, the fun of Mardi Gras. Like, Mardi Gras itself is a lot of fun. The balls tend to be very formal affairs, a lot of pomp and circumstance, and there's the weird debutante thing, which creeps me out, but... Man, Mid-City Girl was a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's more progressive, mid-city, younger people. And, man, it was, just, it was just a really good time. Can't wait till next year. While we're there, though, we actually ran into this dude named Chad, who maybe listened to this. And he works with the 1031 Consortium down here. And so we're really excited to hopefully do some partnering up stuff with them and maybe even having a... Bigfoot King of the Forest crew in the Halloween parade this year. So that should be a lot of fun. Outside of that, next week, the Virginia Wade interview will be live on February 13th. We're really excited about that. I'm in the process of editing it. And man, just a really great lady. And we've also got another interview coming up pretty soon. I'll, I'll announce the details of that when, when it comes. But we are going to be doing a little giveaway with the Virginia Wade interview, so make sure you listen to that one. Got some a really interesting little prize to give out there, so I think y'all are going to like it. And speaking of that, we're in the process of our prize pack giveaway. If you listen to episode 21, which was the Butterfly Effect and Tales of the Yucca Man, last week's episode, answer the question on the prize pack page, the giveaway page, 
you are gonna be eligible to receive that. It's a $75 value, a lot of cool stuff in there, T-shirt, book, Bigfoot figurine. Go back, listen to episode 21. It's a real simple question. Answer it, and then we will announce the winner on next week's podcast. So let's get into this. When you consider any unknown suspected animal, living or extinct, you have to go on the evidence you have and make decisions based on that evidence. With dinosaurs, for example, nobody knows what dinosaurs looked like or even sounded like, but we make educated guesses based on the bones they leave behind. Hell, when I was a child, dinosaurs were thunder lizards and any other such nickname depended on the species. They were big, they were dumb, they were cold-blooded and covered in scales. Then everything changed. In the late 80s, a new species of dinosaur fossil was discovered. This one had feathers. Scientists before and after that discovery had often wondered about such things, but this was the quote-unquote missing link, so to speak. The piece of the puzzle that had been missing fallen between the couch cushions that helped make the mystery more complete. Dinosaurs were not lizards, at least not all of them, and they were not necessarily cold-blooded, slow-moving, dumb thunder lizards. Remember this the next time you fuck around with a chicken. From Sasquatch, Legend Meets Science by Dr. Jeff Meldrum. The fossil record for many species is meager at best or altogether non-existent. In some cases, the only trace of an organism is preserved. The mold of a shell, the infilled burrow, or the petrified footprints left behind in silt or volcanic ash. Many animals today are reclusive and effectively avoid human contact. Their presence is only betrayed by the subtle tracks and traces they leave behind, commonly during nocturnal activities. That was a little excerpt there from Legend Meets Science. The Bigfoot, for example, is almost exclusively known only by eyewitness reports, which are no more than circumstantial and, u- and usually cursory, and the massive handprints and footprints they leave behind. While neither of these things can be considered proof of a large human-like hominid roaming the American wilderness, it does raise questions, and for some, it is all they need. In September of 2000, the BFRO, or the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, set out to the Cascade Mountains of southern Washington on a 10-man research expedition. They established their campsite near a place known as Skookum Meadows. Skookum is the Chinook word for powerful and often refers to evil entities. Their objective was, as usual, to detect and document evidence of a large primate. They were looking for the quote-unquote usual forms of evidence, including footprints, scat, hair, and signs of nesting and foraging. On two separate occasions, when the BFR heard vocal responses to the broadcast calls, it was, as one may call it, the usual. Then, on the morning of September 22nd, professional wildlife ecologist Leroy Fish, landscape architect Derek Randalls, and aerospace meteorologist Richard Knoll found something different. At a site where they had left the bait, a pheromone attractant they had tied to a tree was missing, and fruit they had left was missing. Though several pieces seemed to have broad, shovel-shaped tooth marks in them, near a very odd, very large depression in the soft clay soil. The impression appeared to have been made by a large, hairy animal. The group of professional and amateur scientists set about trying to figure out what could have left the imprint. They ruled out known large animals native to the area, such as elk, bear, deer, and coyote. Soon they began to ask the only question they had left, apparently, could a Sasquatch have left the imprint? 
They set about to make a cast of the imprint before it lost itself to the elements, as imprints are wont to do in the wilds of the Pacific Northwest. The Skookum cask, which you can find images of on our accompanying show notes, measures 3.5 by 5 feet and weighs well over 200 pounds. It appears to show the remnants of a hairy animal reclining, the buttocks, left forearm, thigh, and heels planted into the ground. According to Sasquatch Legend Meets Science, the ground around the soft loam soil was hard, dry, and choppy from previous traffic. Vehicular, pedestrian animal. Therefore, it was not ideal for leaving footprints in and out of the impression area. According to the researchers and others that have examined the Skookum cast closely, such as Jeff Meldrum, the cast shows where Sasquatch had apparently approached the puddle, leaned down across the moist soil surrounding the puddle without stepping into it, and then leaned on its left elbow and forearm to reach across the expanse with its right arm and grasp the fruit to eat, while pushing against the mud with its heel to steady its posture. Keep in mind, this was not a mud puddle as some assume. It was moist, loamy soil, not wet, but perfect for capturing such an impression. Is the Skookum cast an imprint of a Sasquatch Deloitte trying to avoid leaving tracks in the soft mud? Many people claim that Bigfoot-like creatures are very cautious about leaving footprints, which is why there is often limited tracks behind. Could it be that the Sasquatch know that their footprints betray their elusive nature and give clues to the presence in areas? Primatologists have often suggested that chimpanzees intentionally break twigs and other vegetation as trail markers for stragglers. These trail signs are so distinct that field researchers can arrive at after the departure of the chimps from a sleeping tree and use the markers to follow the group and catch up to them. What about the weird posture? Dr. Jeff Meldrum asks, Is it reasonable to imagine a Sasquatch simply taking a timely pause on its nocturnal foraging circuit to recline and munch on a few opportune animals? Could the Skookum cast simply be a case of mistaken identity or a case of pareidolia, seeing human faces and things, except with Sasquatch ass? According to Dr. Meldrum and other Sasquatchologists, the cast imprint is clearly that of a large hominid. They point specifically to the heel imprint and the Achilles tendon, which is a distinct feature of bipedal creatures. When shown next to a human cast, it is exceptionally similar, yet 40-50% to larger than the human counterpart. They also suggest that there is a great deal of detail, such as hair impressions, skin detail, and dermatoglyphics, or skin ridges. Active and retired scientists alike have examined the cast, with many agreeing that some kind of bipedal creature left it there. For example... Dr. Darius Swindler, a retired professor of anatomy and Bigfoot skeptic, claimed the Skookum cast ultimately convinced him of the probable existence of a bipedal North American ape. Additionally, Dr. Esteban Sarmiento, a primatologist and Bigfoot researcher, was also a cast endorser, saying, In my opinion, the Skookum body cast is that of an upright descendant of Gigantopithecus. With all the endorsements, why is the Skookum cast not the pinnacle of Sasquatch evidence? Well, many people actually disagree. Mark Hume wrote an article for the National Post of Canada on March 3, 2001, in which he claimed to recognize the clear tracks of an elk in the imprint and said, Imprints left that would match perfectly with an elk's legs. And it was his opinion that the cast was, if anything, a cast of the impression made by hindquarters of an elk. And many others agree with the elk hypothesis. Others point to the idea that there was confirmation bias from the start. The cast was found during an expedition by the BFRO, the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, 
and they were under a lot of pressure to produce some kind of substantial evidence for the Animal X crew, which was an Australian show that they were filming for. Was the Skookum cast a hoax? Was it a case of confirmation bias? Or was it the remnants of a lounging Sasquatch and quite possibly the most interesting evidence of Bigfoot to date? Outside of a few wrong or inconclusive hair samples, blurry videos, photographs, and audio recordings, and the cast, including the Skookum cast, there is no what one would call hard evidence. The truth is, none of us will ever know. And none of us will ever know if Bigfoot exists until we find concrete physical proof in the form of a live Sasquatch or a substantial piece of a dead one that will ultimately turn the philobiology and the scientific world on its head. But you never know, do you? I mean, we used to think dinosaurs were lizards. All right, and thank you for listening to this week's mini-sode Baby Squatch episode of the Bigfoot King of the Forest podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. The Skookum cast is pretty interesting, but is it the real deal or not? I mean, really, who's ever going to know unless we actually see a Sasquatch sitting down reaching for apples, right? But that's the fun of this whole thing. If they actually found a Sasquatch, does that mean the fun ends? Who knows? We really appreciate you listening, though. Um, You can always find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Podtail, Radio Public, CastBox, and a slew of other podcast platforms out there. And if you like what you're listening to, check out our Patreon page. We are looking for people who are willing to support an independent podcast and get some cool stuff. Check out the page over there. You'll be able to see all the different levels and stuff that you can get with that. And... You know, become a patron. We appreciate it. And as always, I'm here to remind you from all of us here at Bigfoot King of the Forest to have your Bigfoot spader neutered. Stay squatch, everybody. See you next week. to the Bigfoot King of the Forest podcast. The underlying track today was Face of Peyote by Purple Six Records on Looperman.com.